Not microphone speakers, right? Ooh, hey, welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide here coming at you through your speakers. I'm talking through the microphone. You're talking through the speakers. I'm all messed up. Weird days, man. I went out, um, tons of wind again. Uh, went to go film, so I'm trying to get on a better filming schedule now that the trips and travels over. Came back. Did my Disney trip, talked about the cult of Disney and all that kind of stuff. And and so I'm home and, and getting realigned for the new year and everything's going on. Like November, December becomes my get ready for January 2020 SHOT Show. Like right up to SHOT Show, it's all about kind of redoing everything. And, and so, um, you know, there, there's a lot of that going on right now. And I'm in the middle of, of looking at everything. But I'm going to read some of your comments I uh, want to get to some of the stuff, uh, really good stuff. I went and filmed a rear bag video today, episode uh, training stuff. And um, what we saw a couple times, man, is is with the rear bag thing. I mean, we talk about bipods all the time and, and we're constantly harping on bipods, which big kind of, uh, uh, it's funny. So, um somebody has been hearing me, one of the guys on the, on the listener, you're probably out there listening right now. Uh, goes and, and listen to me talk about bipods. And so I say how the Harris is lowest. Canop, lowest um, I keep fumbling my words like that. I did the same thing with that Curtis bitch. I saw some more Curtis were broke, um, weren't working, wouldn't feed, scrape your mags down. Well, just file your mags off and it'll work fine after that. you know. But yeah, I kind of fumbled that, that two lug, three lug, whatever. It's three lug, I get it. Um, but I was kind of, you know, coming at it with like, why the fuck are people spending so much money and shit don't work? So another, not only do you have to fix the plunger, you got to fix your mags because you, it's the mags fault, um, right? But anyway, um, so where was I? So I, I with the bipods. And so guys hear me bitch about bipods. So somebody went and actually looked at how square their bipod was, you know, and a Harris. So... One leg was seven thousands off to the right, and the other one was three thousands off. So, um, or ten. Uh, it, it it's actually one was one was a half inch off. The other was a third. It looked like, and so he had a third of an inch and a half an inch of out of square. But uh, he posted it, and and it was just crazy that you know you talk and you bitch and you say, listen, these things aren't square. These things don't work. They're lowest common denominator. Give it a half a break. And, um, you know, trying to do you guys a favor. So then when you come back and say, well, recoil management, think about recoil management and your rifle's always kicking off to the side and you're using a Harris and the Harris isn't square. And then you're doing everything right. And yet your sight picture doesn't get any better. Doesn't change. Maybe it's reduced. Maybe it's small. And now you're only like three mils to the side of a target instead of completely off of a target. And, you're just not looking at your equipment as being subpar. Um, but, you know, for the guys who are out there listening and who are looking at this stuff and, you know, winter's coming, you got time, you know, take a look at what you're doing and what you're using. And so I talk about bipod, bipod, bipod. 
Well, over the season and going back over notes and going over what we're looking at and the different things that are that we see in like the evals. Okay, I mean that's a big key element because think about this: you go to a class. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna chill out and sit back a little bit and kind of just mellow it out. So you go to a class, right? And if it's one that doesn't operate like we do and just kind of typical, because I've, I've done this and I, and I go to classes and everything, but um, you go in, they do their safety brief, they do whatever, and maybe, maybe you're going to get some classroom. So everybody's in the classroom. You haven't shot, picked up a rifle, done anything yet. And they go over and they say, this is what we want out of you. This is what we expect. And this is what we're going to do this weekend. So then you go out and you get down and maybe the guy tweaks you a little bit here. Maybe they, they, they manipulate and move some stuff around. But it's really kind of a, is it big? Is it glaring? Let's fix it. Where I kind of look more at the minutia of things. And before I influence what you're doing, I'm going to do a fundamental eval. Okay. And I'm going to nitpick the shit out of you. And this is the benefit for like, experienced shooters who are looking for a tune-up when they come to my class. And as we mentioned, we get guys who've come three, four times. And it's because we'll go to the next level with them and nitpick. So one of these areas that I'm looking at is the rear bag. Because now we're starting to see change in movement in the rear bag you guys are coming to class with and that you guys are using and again, this is an extension of the competition side of things, right? So everybody buys the bags and the stuff they see the comp guys are using. Well, a lot of them are the pillow, air-filled, air lighter, go-light type bags, which I think there's a, there's, you know, there's a lot of good to be said for the go-light fills and the go-light kind of bags, especially when we're looking at the bigger bags, the pillows, the game changer types, and, and, and the fortune cookies and those things, and the Saracen, Comanche, yada, 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 yada. So if we're looking at these bags and guys are going to these sort of bigger bags that serve a dual purpose, they're trying to multitask because bags are, stuff's starting to get expensive. You know what I mean? You start adding it and adding it and adding it and, uh, you know, adding them up. 20 bucks here, 50 bucks there, $100 there. And the next thing you know, you got $350 worth of bags. It's not that hard to do. Um, especially when you forget looking at the bigger bags, the game changers and the pillows are about 100 bucks. You know what I mean? So three, $400 in bags. It's like, oh, blah, what are you going to do? And so, um, you know, it, it's... It's scary. Yeah, man, it's 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 a, it's a little bit scary with, with, with that kind of stuff that you're looking at it. Where do you go? What are you buying? So over the class, I'm looking at it, and I'm seeing a bunch of vertical spread and movement in the back of the rifle where the recoil is snappy, right? So recoil on a rifle's got a little snap to it, and it pushes down, and we use that sand sock, sand sock. We use that rear bag to dampen that movement that's why the original stuff our socks an actual sand sock had sand in it because that sand will dampen that recoil well then we go to the beads and we go to different fills in these bags phil phil phil's not here um and we go to those different things and we go all the way to the air and the light now the air filled and the light bags 
So the airbags tend to be just a tick bigger and they got air in them. So we're seeing bounce. We're seeing movement at the back of the stock. Now we talk about the uh, 20 MOA rail, right? In the PowerPoint, my, my uh, lessons. So you got a 20 MOA rail in on your rifle. Well, that's about 11 thousandths of an inch between the front and the back. And that's what gives you 20 inches at 100 yards. Now let's go back a foot, 18 inches further. And now let's put in movement there because your bag's moving, your bag's giving. So what I did in this latest training video is I talked about that movement and I talked about putting things in context because I think that's kind of what's missing in this equation as things move so quickly, as things go from the blurred lines of am I shooting a competition to am I training, am I learning, am I working to become a better marksman? So that's where I think you know, th this stuff, putting it into context. If I'm moving quickly, you know, we, what am I needing to do? And, and I think a good example of this and I mentioned it, and, and we're repeating a little bit here, but I think a good example of this would be like Phil's Monster Lake match that I went to last year. I didn't go this year, but I did go to like the competition dynamics, so movement. So day one on Phil's match, okay? Day one, wh where we're at, we're in a square range, more or less. We're on a square range. We're doing PRS-type events. So we're using a firing line, and we're splitting it up into uh, stages, but I'm really just if 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 you if you think of a firing line, you know, from a hundred yards out to a thousand yards, right? Well, if we think from position one to position one hundred, and and I don't know how big Phil's line was, but let's call it a hundred yards. I only had to walk ten stages, a hundred yards. So you shoot the van, the first one, where the first one was like a step ladder thing. The second one was like a van. I only had to work, walk 10 feet. And in fact, I could put my gear between the first two stages and not have to really walk at all and manage two stages at a time. Then I'm going to move 10 yards. I'm going to drop it and I got two more stages. I'm going to move 10 yards, drop it. I got two more stages. So you get the picture, right? I'm not moving. So I carried the Comanche. I carried, not the Comanche, I carried the Cirrus and the bigger bag. I carried heavier stuff because you don't know, you know, you have that variety. I got barricade. I got the tank trap. I got this. What do I need to solve that problem? Well, I might need a couple different things. But at the same time, my car is right there and I don't need to walk very far. No big deal. Day two becomes the question of field match. I didn't know how far I had to walk. I didn't know what they meant when they said field match. So I brought the Comanche. I reduced the size of my bag. And then my rear bag at that time was an air-filled one. It was a tab light air-filled, an older one that I have. It's kind of a prototypey thing that I, I played with because I don't think tab uh, Tony actually puts out full-blown rear, rear bags that are air-filled like that anymore. So... I, in that situation, I balanced the pros and cons of where I was going, what I was doing, and, and what I was going to carry. 
You know, now some guys are carrying the heavier rifles and they'll compromise on gear. You know, it, it, it all really depends on your use. And we're getting so good at reducing our, we're getting so good at reducing our equipment down to very specific, specific situations. Okay. So it's not like people are just saying, bring one rear bag, bring your sling and let's go work. Right. They're not doing that. They're like, got a bag for this. You got a bag for that. You got a bag when you're shooting without it. You got a rear bag. You got, now there's even a bag for your tripod to hook onto the leg to hold the leg up instead of using your fist. So a lot of these things kind of transition to another hand, right? Rear bag is replacing our fist. We used to put our fist underneath there and hold the sling. Now we put a rear bag in its place and we're supporting the back of the rifle. So it's all these other little different things that are going on. And what we're doing is we're making... You know, it's almost like batteries, I guess, is a way. I got a battery right in front of me. I got a one, two, three um, sitting. But think about it. We got all these different batteries and stuff to to uh, to drive equipment from watch batteries all the way up to the Ds and so on and car batteries, right? So now, like, the, the, the competitions and the events are turning into a piece of nylon for every specific part of a stage, and which I, you know, hey man, if, if you can sell it and it's innovative and it works, no, you know, no problem. I'm not, I'm not going to get all ugly on it. There's no reason, but you got to put it into context because when you're training and when you're practicing and when you're doing stuff, you know, you might want a different solid platform. You want something that's going to absorb that recoil and dampen it versus bounce on it. Now, when you go to a match, you're going to be moving quicker. You don't have a lot of time. You can lay on top of the rifle. Your targets can absorb the size a little bit better. And let's face it, prone in a match is like a give me. So it's not as hypercritical. Because we're still shooting like a 2 MOA plate. We're just getting to do it prone now. Where, you know, if I'm practicing, I'm doping, and I want everything to work out really well, then, you know... I might want something a little solid. Now, here's the here's the caveat. Here's the here's the you know four dummies bomb blow things up. You know, the thing that we have to caveat is you need to practice with the stuff when you switch. You can't just kind of do it one way like this and then think you're going to do it another way like that and it's going to work. You have to be sort of this. You know, jack of all, master of none, well-rounded kind of guy and look at it. Um, one of the lessons that I'm getting ready to do if this weather will cooperate with me going out there in 18 friggin' mile an hour winds um, it is, y you know, I want to shoot my tripod on paper and check my 100 yards. And I want to do, I want to not only have a prone zero, I want to look at a tripod zero. You know, I'm going to look at these different things and I'm going to say, you know, well, hey, how does that work? And so it's now becoming a case of, we got to do it this way kind of for practice. We got to do it this way for record. We got to do it this way for competition. So when I start out and I'm doping everything in, I want to be as solid as I can. When I practice, I want to practice how I'm going to shoot the competition or whatever. And then when I go shoot the competition, that's a, 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 another element that has the time in the, in the different things. So it's, 
it's something for you guys to look at these different ways of addressing these problems, these different pieces of equipment. How do they affect what you're doing? Because we're getting good, man. And all you guys out there are getting so good. You know, we're shooting little bitty groups. And now we're starting to see when these minor issues, when these minor variations creep up because of changes in equipment. I mean, just like the bipod, man. Are you off center? Are you out of square? That little bit now becomes noticeable because you're now up to that level of accuracy. Okay, the rear bag. I'm noticing things with the rear bags because our level of accuracy has gotten up to that degree. I mean, it's just like when I talk about with dry fire that I'm seeing guys out there, they'll dry fire perfect, dry fire perfect. And then when it's time to go live, they change everything they just did. Okay, we see that all the time with you guys out there. All right, you come in, you're dry firing it, you're doing it all right. Good, good, good. Now go live. Mag goes in and all of a sudden it's like, dude, that's not one thing is the same. And it's not uncommon to see four different trigger presses in a five-shot group. And and this is kind of a mantra that Mark brings up all the time where, where he's like, don't give me five one-shot groups. Give me one five-shot group. Okay, there's a very... um uh. There's a, there's a distinction there. There's a distinction between one five-shot group and five one-round groups, okay? There, it's there. It's real. It's something we see all the time, and it's it's a thing that's a, a repetition and a focus deal. You know what I mean? So look at that kind of stuff and, and pay attention. Now, here's where, you know, if you're not sure, film it. Put your camera, throw a kickstand on it or do something so it sits up there. Put it in selfie mode if you want or point it at you. But focus on your hand and your position. Don't look at you. Like, don't film it as if I'm filming for you. Film it as if you're trying to diagnose a problem, okay? You want to film it in a way that will help you recognize when there's a problem. That may be... I want to see the recoil pulse at the back of my rifle at the stock. You know what I mean? So I want to make sure I'm kind of square and level and I'm shooting in, in the film is kind of going across from me. I want to look at my trigger finger. And if I have a 90 degree trigger finger, I want that 90 degree to look straight and not at a weird angle. So if I put my camera there and have it running parallel to me alongside me like that, well, then you might be able to see it. And we all got a camera in our in our pocket. You know what I mean? With our phones all have it. Get something that you can hold it up there and, and just give yourself a quick little look. I think it's worth kind of seeing if you're changing these things and what's going on. Cool? All right, guys, I'm going to um go over and I'm going to start reading some of your stuff. Uh, there's a couple things going on in the hide, man. Some good discussions. The hide's busy as hell, man. I'm up again 12% for last month. I don't even know what I'm going to do this month. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm getting ready. I want to knock out and change some stuff for 2020. I want to do some things different. I got to get some advertising people. Like I, I need the guys, somebody needs a, a commission job or something wants to sell ads, man. I, I kind of need to go out and, and I can't do all three things. I can't run the site, make content and be a salesman at the same time. It just doesn't work out the same. So I'm thinking I may have to kind of change that dynamic for January, 2020. So 
if you're kind of an ad sales and you're in the gun industry and banner ad guy and you want to pick up something, let me know, man. Um, there might be some opportunity there uh, to do it, you know, to, to kind of go. But I'm, I'm letting that part of things fall down a little bit. And I, I was just talking about it uh, uh, some over the weekend with some people that I kind of got to get that part of it going again. I need to kind of get a little more aggressive with the ads and, and what's going on. This year's not, not awful, but I, I, I let it I let it fall off with my travel. You know what I mean? I'm not following up. I'm not doing calls. I'm not doing the kind of thing that I want to do. I'm turning stuff down, um, you know, because we do a lot of little ones, you know, stuff like that. A lot of $300 ones, which I don't want to do anymore. Um, there's no reason to do that. I mean, if, if, you're, if your ad campaign... Uh, you know, can't manage like like a thousand bucks a month, then I'm not just gonna deal with it. But yeah, if you're if you're into sales and you're an ad guy or you need something or you want to get into the thing and you want to kind of be flexible, give me a give me a talk and and we'll talk about it. Um, uh, uh, Mystic Gun ran into kept up the good. I don't know what any of that says. Um, Mark must have been on. I didn't see any of these maps. All right, so I'm in the Podbean comment section. Uh, let's see where I ended. I'm not quite sure where this ended up. So if I missed you or I skipped you, apologies for that. Um, uh, let's see if I could find anything. Um, uh, awesome rant. What is that? Where did I get into? Uh, oh, okay. So I'm going to start down here. Uh, Drew Chapman says, you recently mentioned that you thought the Leopold Mark III was a bright spot for the company. I was wondering if you and Mark have had a chance to throw one on your jig in check tracking. No, we haven't. I, I don't think we've had any. Um, uh, Drew's asking if we put the Mark uh, V on our rig to test tracking. No, I don't think we have, to be perfectly honest with you. Um but, you know, from, from everything I've seen, it looks like they, they, they are pretty good. He talked about extended rails bouncing. This must be new, too. Let me go back up a little bit more. Oh, let's see. Yeah, I think I got to back up here. All right, give me a second. Give me a second. Give me a second. Yep, I think it started here with this uh, gain twist one. Okay, so here's here's we'll go back a little bit. Uh, hey, thank you, Frank and MDT. Great show. I'm going to uh, uh, talk to uh, Rick. Rick will be here. What do we got? We got Rick. We got um, a couple guys requesting, blah, blah, blah. Everyone seems to be trying to move to the next best rear bag when the last best rear bag for prone work is still king. Tab gear. Yeah, they're talking rear bags. So I did that video on the rear bag. Okay, so here we go. Let's go to... Um, uh, KT Cat Catalin or something. Um, what power magnification do you recommend for laser range finding binoculars during find it, range it, engage it style competitions? Uh, the eights and the tens. I ran tens, um, and I thought the tens worked great because we did have targets out at distances. It's a good question. I think the eight and tens are perfect, and this is where they kind of trump some of the monoculars because those are usually five to seven ish. You know, so I like the 8 to 10s. I ran 10s on my laser range finding binocular. So good question. So then Mark is going, talking about rear bags. And then um, uh, request an MDT be considered company of the year. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we got a SP Blade Maker. That's my buddy from Pennsylvania there. 
Um, the delivery times are quick and they finally listen to their customers. MDT's doing a great job. That podcast is really good. Um, and, and they're doing a great job. Same thing with Rick Sales is saying, thank you, Frank and MDT. Great show. Love all things. I guess my question or problem is how does a firearm industry improve its marketing so we can see what's really great products? I mean, it, it's spending, um, 2,500 to 6,000 for a rifle that I've only seen on the internet is difficult. Do other listeners have the same issues? That's a good question, Rick had. You know, it, it, we're spending so much money. You're kind of reliant on me, other influencers and marketing and things like that. And I've done a really bad job with the travel and I've, I've not done as well as I should have, um, you know, kind of keeping up. And I'm hoping to change that for this year and, and make some things a little bit more mobile friendly for me. Not that I don't have mobile friendly ways of doing things. But all of that sort of pushes out to social media. And I'm not necessarily a fan of the social media, though. I was going out to the range today, and I was I was debating with myself whether or not, not masturbating myself, debating with myself. Um, I was de- trying to determine whether or not it was worth to jump back into some of the social media and to hit it like I used to on a, a pretty daily basis. So that's a question that's a good one that Rick has is what do you do? I mean, the thing is, is coming to class, going to competitions and being out in public is going to expose you to a lot more equipment. So actually going out there and in, in, in being in places other shooters are, are going to help you uh, to see that. And most guys are pretty good and they'll let you try it. All right. CDQ M8W. I had the same issue with a Curtis Axum. Um, uh, Curtis action ejector plunger was square and would catch the rim of every other case and it didn't feed well. Also, the receiver was soft and was being deformed from the bolt hitting it during closing. It was smooth and shot well. Otherwise, these Curtis, man, <laughs> cracks me up that and, and they want to troll me. Guys, you know what? When you get your shit straightened out and stop charging people a premium and burning them, well, then you can talk about trolling me. But, I mean, every time we turn around, there's issue after issue. When, when you get the king, Robert Brantley's on Facebook talking about the problems he had and all these issues going on and more axiom problems, more feeding problems, more loading problems. All his job is to do is be a delivery vice. And here you got to modify everything for the damn thing to work. Yeah, I get it. I made a mistake. It was a, not a two lug. I was going back and forth with different. I mean, there's so many of them out there. It's hard to keep up. But come on, dudes, give me a break, man. You're you're lame. All right, dude. Uh, blah 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 blah. Oh, this is that guy saying I have little man syndrome. Yep, I do. You got me. The little man who did everything. Um, says the never was totally never was. Who are you again? Are we listening to you? Uh, and then Bartland left hand gain twist barrel to the northern hemisphere is opposite in the southern hemisphere. What happens in the southern doesn't happen in the northern. Is this like the toilet running backwards? Or Yes and no. Um, it's just a Coriolis thing. So you, you shoot a right-hand twist in the southern hemisphere because everything's going to the left. So they're offsetting each other. You know what I mean? We're just trying to offset things. I'm telling you what, the left-hand gain twist rocks. They, the, I'm shooting the hell out of them. It works. Um, never mind. Watched your video and explained it all very well. Thank you. Yep, you got it. Okay, cool. 
Um, a and B, he was a student, um, aces and aces and something. I, he was, um, aces and B aces and eights. I'm reading it. There's B and all my glasses on. They're only sitting right in front of me a foot. Um, aces and eights, uh, super excited about the J Allen will continue. Uh, love mine. Would nice if MDT offered their chassis and the new J Allen line in the raw finish for builders to customize for our customers. That would kind of be cool. I like that idea. Uh, MPA and a couple others do this. It saves me uh, as a builder not only a bit of money, but also the time not having to blast their finish off. Plus, it uh, cuts leads times from the MDT. Nice. That's a good idea. Have it in the white. Um, Frank, uh, SD Carpenter. Uh, hey, Frank, MDT. No, they should start adjusting their length of pull. They already did. Um, so you can get shorter length of pull on the MDT stuff. Uh, so that is definitely something being done. Hey, Frank, as far as a low-cost trainer rifle, what caliber would you do? Would it be something where ammo was ready and accessible uh, between a Valkyrie and a two two three? Um, Yeah, man, uh, it, I would do a twenty two to be honest with you, but uh, you can do a Valk or a two two three. I think the, I think a Valk, you'll find you like that thing a ton. And, um, you know, a Valk is a two two three Ackley improved, okay, without having to do the Ackley. So either one, I think, would be fantastic for a trainer rifle, and I highly recommend it. I happen to love my Valkyrie stuff, talk about it all the time. So if you're asking me to pick one, I'm picking Valkyrie. All right, uh, Sean, added search capabilities are much better. The new search engine I put into Sniper's Hide is fantastic. Okay, guys, if you're looking to search the website and find things, this new search engine that we're using, and you don't have to do anything different, just go right into the normal search. I already did it for you on the backside. It is really, really good. Um, so there you go. <laughs> Mark's, so here's Mark's taking my backup, not that he needs it. Uh, so that guy who said I'm not an alpha male, and so put it this way, and somebody brought this up. If your reply to me has to include something like you're short, whatever they do, you've already lost the argument. <laughs> so Mark says, you're a cowardly troll with penis envy. <laughs> That's Mark for you. Okay, uh, maybe those punks can start their own forum and call it safe space. Yep. I don't know what that. Uh, reading the thread, I thought to myself, I can't wait to hear the podcast on this. Talking about the diversions thread. A few podcasts ago, you talked about extending dove rails causing bounce in their bipods. Are you also seeing it in other style rails like the spigot mount? I haven't paid as much attention to the spigot mounts, but the spigots generally will lock up pretty good and are a little shorter. Although, test it. It's something you should be testing because it, it, we're seeing it. We're seeing these aluminum and these parts bounce. Now, normally, the spigot rails I've used in the past, and that's KCH, I've used their steel. That insert, like on an AI, a spigot on an AI, those are normally steel. So I don't see the movement and the flex in it. But it'd be a good question and something to test out. And then, Drew, I got your thing. Um, Oldsmobile, 8065 Olds, which got, dude. Hey, Frank, don't worry about going over an hour mark for the episodes. We want more, not less. Thanks, Olds. Um, Drew, what's he got here? Oh, he said that again. Okay, we got that. Oh, oh, what it did is repeated. That's what happened. I got these questions came up twice. Kind of weird, but okay. Oh, uh, this was a good one. Awesome rant, Frank. Missed the Frank rants. That was Carlos. 
All right, uh, DYH63W, uh, just wanted to mention that my Hornaday corrected itself. Yeah, we noticed that. Um, Mike actually talked to Hornaday, so we ran into it, and I'll read the rest of it. He's got a pretty long one. Um, we saw a problem with Hornaday, and then Mike called up Hornaday and talked to Jaden over there, and they said that they had an update, and it crashed it and broke some things. Um, but they said it's fixed now, and I haven't gone in since then and used it, but I have heard that they updated and fixed it. So here's what um, DYH63W is saying. Uh, just wanted to mention my Hornaday corrected itself. I had previously commented after your podcast with Ted that the Ford off was messed up, but the next time I went to use it, everything was okay again. I went through all my ranges from my drop chart we made during class and everything lined up, so I don't know what happened that uh, that one weekend. Thanks again. They did do an update. So, I mean, we had guys in class, you know, and this is the bitch. I have guys in class, we tell you to get the Hornaday, come on out, go that, nothing works, nothing lines up. Then they fix it, and the next thing you know, it's working again. It's like, oh, it drives you crazy. Robot Doc, what's he say? Frank, moved to the south from L.A. in the 90s. Most can't tell, but I ain't from around here, but it's still parts of Alabama. They know nobody cares if you're a Yankee. Damn Yankees like me. No one's uh, married to their sister. Oh, the ones that are married to their sisters are the ones that are the exceptions. <laughs> yeah, ah, dude, trust me. There's there, there's a Birmingham versus Bridgeport issue. Uh, believe me. Um, uh, You shouldn't insult people when you're not too dumb to know the difference between you and you. Oh, that's something else. No biggie. They're just kitting the trolls back. So now... The, the trolls have come on to the Podbean app. And so some of you guys, and we appreciate it. Thank you guys who are coming out there. I, I'm, I'm skipping the troll stuff. Um, so we've had a couple, two, two trolls that I had to block from the Podbean app are coming on and saying shit to me. Um, so Marcus answering Drew Trapman. He's saying, we have yet to see one on the course, but are looking forward to the opportunity. I sincerely hope they finally, I've shot the Mark 5s. I've had good luck with them. I haven't any issues. I haven't noticed any in the course in Alaska. We have had them in Colorado, and I've had them in class, and we haven't had any issues with them. Episode uh, 209, great episode, Frank. There's nothing more to say. Everyone needs to rant from time to time. Frank, what do you prefer, ball head or leveling base, and why? Looking for an Anvil 30. To me, an Anvil 30 is not necessarily your traditional ball head. I like the Anvil 30 over a ball head. I like a leveling base over a traditional ball head. So I hope that helps. Um, Looking to get an Anvil 30 or a, a T3A but can't decide. Well, if you're going to buy a Tripod Renegade, I would buy the Anvil 30. I think it's a little bit more universal to what you want. It has the pick rail part to it. It has the dovetail to it. It has good uh, mobility, set 45 degrees instead of 15 degrees. And if you get the Anvil 30, you will get basically the same leg set. So um, definitely look at the Anvil 30 if you want to shoot off of it more so. Brian Marks, what's he got? Frank wanted to say hi and leave a comment. The other day I was on the hide and printed your fillable PDF charts with the new corrected wind rows that Jack made. Yeah, man, um, Ted did some great charts. They're online. And Brian went and downloaded them. Uh, I printed the weaponized math and tri-dope chart along with many other reference charts. These are perfect and they are all free. Yes, we're giving all this stuff away. Go figure. 
Uh, so when people say mean shit about you and they've not done the research to see how much free shit you give out to complete strangers, you could have made a decent amount of money with everything you put on the hide for free. You give away more useful info than most people will ever learn. So thank you. My data book is on point now. Have a good one. Thank you, Brian. We do give a lot away for nothing, man. Because Kind of a, I was having a bit of a businessy meeting conversations going on. And I was pointing out some of the kind of like some of this negative and some of the other things. And it's like, ooh, is that a liability? Is that, ooh, how does that go? You know, can this become a liability for me that people get pissy and trolly and things like that? And the person I was talking to brought up a great point. And I never looked at it that way. The majority of my bitches are about people who are supposed to be serving you, the end user, the individual. I'm not complaining. Like, I do complain about the shooter, you know, like the the Jersey guys at the time, but I backed off of that. But most of my rants lately have been about people to get you to spend more money than you need to, people to get you to do things that aren't in your best interest but in theirs, that aren't necessarily good for for the industry as a whole, and so there's a difference between ranting and bitching about something or complaining about people who attack me personally or but me pointing out deficiencies within the industry that I see. And I tend to point more of that out where they're supposed to be serving you. Okay, I look at me as being in a service industry. I'm serving my customers, which are you guys listening. I'm servicing the students in my class. I'm servicing the members of Sniper's Hide, although I'm not afraid to boot people off um, with that. But I'm, I'm giving you a product in return for your money. And I'm making sure that the value I give back is is equal or more so to what you're paying me. And I'm not just saying, no, I'm Frank, screw you, pay me. You know, I, I do tend to give back as much as I can. And, and honestly, I think that would probably be why people gravitate to like a Rex defense, why, you know, Rex and everything is so popular when you look at what he gives away. Super nice guy. He's doing that as a fan. He likes what's going on. And what he's trying to do is take the information he's found and transferring it to you so you can find it. Well, I do the same thing. I I experience something. I see something. I'm working on something. And I want you to be well-educated. I want you to know the why. And so by you knowing that why, you're going to be able to make the decision, product A or product B, service A or service B. And are you being properly served? So, yeah, I mean, thanks, Brian. That's a good point. Aces and eights. He's got another one. He did one where he did an A and eights, and now he's got another one where it's aces and eights. He, he's doing it twice there. Rich, I think, it right? right. Uh, the thing that gets me with um, the Savage haters is they don't like barrel nuts. Yeah, they love Bighorn. Uh, they don't like the Savage extractors, yet they replace a Remington extractor with a Seiko. Uh, they used to say the uh, floating bolt head wasn't solid or accurate, yet they love the same exact thing with Bighorn. Um, yeah, no, but see, we're not bitching about, I'm going to, he's got a long post here. You know, regardless of the Savage does, the diehard Remington 700s are king, blah, 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 haters going to continue. It's not that, like for me, the problem was we always had a wrench on them. It wasn't that we didn't like what Savage did that way. It was that, you know, the rail loosened up or this came apart or something that, and it's just not 
I mean, it's a lower cost option. We get that. It's not so much the barrel nut. I, like my Savage, we took the barrel nut off and just put it on normal. You know, my Bighorn doesn't have a barrel nut. It has the same thread, but my Bighorn does not have a barrel nut on it. I have a 700 with a rematch on it with a barrel nut. I don't mind the barrel nut. I, I have a problem with certain things that just aren't refined. And, and it, 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 like Remington, if we look at Remington as being the very bottom, to me, Savage was just like a notch below and it should be refined to that same level. And it was a QC more than anything because um, they do shoot. They do work when they work. But like we were recommending for people, I, like I was telling somebody, if you bought a Savage, great, man. You, you invested it. You did it. Everything's good. Here's what I recommend. Take it apart completely and put it back together. That's it. And I really think you'll have a great product after that. And that's all. You know what I mean? And it's just the case of when you're in the middle of a class and the rail loosens up. When you're in the middle of a class and something else doesn't work. You know, it just had just enough issues to be annoying. But it wasn't It wasn't so much that we hated like the look and the barrel nut or the function. It was just in totality. It was just enough that was weirded for me. Um, Digger, Digger83. Just want to say thanks for the shout out on my sister. Oh, Digger's... um. My sister's Leah, and I'm going to space out his first name again. Oh, I'm sorry, man. I'm spacing it. But, yeah, your sister Leah. I, matter of fact, there was a rain delay on the race. Um, his sister with uh, that from the Treadproof podcast. Uh, awesome time uh, at the class. Your wealth of knowledge on all aspects of precision rifle shooting world. I was continually amazed at your stories and knowledge of the entire weekend. Hope we get around in another opportunity to hang out with uh, you again um, keep up the good work with the podcast. That was uh, Jake and Jamie, Jacob and Jamie, right? Is that right? God, I want to say J and J, but uh, man, I'm going to space it. Sorry, dude, I'll look it up and I'll get you. Uh, but yeah, your sister Leah was on the Dirty Mo podcast with Dale Jr. And I actually saw her the other day because I watched the one with Joe Gibbs, part of it anyway. I, I think Joe Gibbs, I mean, he's don't great winning dude. Kyle Bush won this weekend. NASCAR season's over. To all the guys listening, you guys get your time off, and I know you're busy as hell, and you're, you're seven, seven, you know, seven, seven, and seven and stuff. Um, good, good time. Um, I, I wasn't, I didn't like the coverage of the race yesterday, but I thought the race up front was good with the top four guys. Um, I thought they did a good job with that, but um, yeah, his sister Leah works for uh, Dale Jr. and she runs his podcast. So I was watching it because there was a rain delay out of Miami, I guess. And so they were doing a repeat play of um, the Joe Gibbs one. So, yeah, thank you, man. Appreciate it. I'm sorry I'm spacing names, man. My brain is just not there right now. Um, Rick Sales saying thanks to me and Savage. Uh, Fap PFD. Impressed with Joe's discussion. Joe did a stant fantastic job on that. I really appreciate Joe coming on um in that. Uh Diego, trollish behavior. I've always loved bringing a question or a problem about of my savage rifles only to get go be poor somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah, you get that. We we're, we're even guilty of it. I I have to say, it's not about being poor. Again, it it's just it, it's just it, they they built kind of a reputation that you had a wrench on them. 
Uh, like I said, every one that we've ever seen that had been wrenched on, you know, put in a different chassis, new barrel, things like that have always worked really well. Like Savage owners who know their system and have worked on it and done some things, they do work really well. Um, happy my Savage came on and answered. Uh, um, happy Savage, not my Savage. Happy Savage came on and answered some question. Maybe it's just me, but I felt like he was holding back on some of the answers and kept repeating, what, yeah, they, dude, they got to be PC um, with that kind of stuff. Hoping Savage makes a comeback. Uh, I am a Savage owner, and the only thing left on my rifle is the action uh, bolt and trigger. It's a, It's been a great gun. Yeah, like I said, I have one too, you know. Hendrix. Hey, Frank, the other day I heard about a time traveler that might interest you. Check out the name Andrew uh, Carlson. He came back and made a boatload of money in the stock market. I'll do that. There's actually been some really cool. Um, been watching the Ancient Aliens. Been watching a whole bunch of stuff. God, I don't even, I can't even begin to tell you, but there was some good ones out there. Uh, recently, um, with the ancient a- aliens, uh, uh, as someone who brought a savage, yep, he shot a savage. I'll bet one of my custom builds to one of Frank's class. I can attest that they were underrepresented. Maybe it's just a tactical precision world. Good on savage to try to work with the end user to try to change that. I I agree. Uh, again, it doubled up, doubled up. Uh, Lewis, oh Canada, oh Canada, oh Canada. Hey, Frank, shooting in the cold, just how it is in Canada. Can you talk about shooting in cold, freezing temps, less than zero, clothing, gear, equipment? Wow, this is a big one. I'd have to do a whole podcast for you, Lewis. And I would get Mark on for that, too, because up there in Alaska, man, like, I'll tell you, I'm going to go through a couple things just because he said, um, do you adjust length of pull, wearing weather jackets, multiple layers, do you use a, a beanie, external ear pro, I find that the beanie gets in the way. Man, that's weird because I love a beanie. I'd rather wear a beanie than a regular brimmed hat. Um, So, Lewis, just a couple quick, but I think I'll talk about this with Mark in a big episode. Um, Coming to the class, if you look, when guys start putting their jackets on, Mark's a big advocate of putting the stock inside the jacket. He, He peels it open and slides the rifle in there. I'm a layer guy. I'm a merino wool guy. I'm a Sharma guy with the Varus Licka. Varus Licka's guy got an email. They got a party coming up at SHOT Show. I'm going to go on Tuesday night to the Vez Licka party at SHOT Show. That should be fun. But I like that kind of stuff. I don't move it out of the way. Um, I, I hate the cold. I've shot in the cold. I don't like it. It's a hand thing. It's it's indexing and trading off is how I, I describe cold. You know what I mean? Because your hands are so cold, you may not feel the trigger correctly. One of the reasons, again, why I like a two-stage trigger, because I can marry up to that trigger. I can hit that wall, press, break, and freeze, and I know I'm in a good place instead of not really feeling the tip of my finger too well and knowing it's going to break as soon as I touch it. So um, I'm a beanie guy. I wear my beanie all the time. I don't find it get in the way of my head pro. Maybe it's just how I do it. But um, I tend to like beanies and wear them more often than not. In fact, I made my iPhone emoji like me with a beanie. I'm a beanie fan. I don't know. But, Louis, that's a good question. And I think that deserves, excuse me, um, a much bigger uh, discussion about it. So we'll definitely look at that. So what's Rick saying again? Uh, I get it now. What you're saying is Mark Taylor is the reincarnation of General Patton? Nah. Could be. Frank's new name should be the Camel Toe Sniper. That's pretty funny. 
Uh, I have a question. Being a disciple of Frank, I just purchased a Bartlett six five left hand gain to his barrel from eight to seven five. It will be chambered in six five Creedmoor. I plan on running a Horning Tape. Blah blah blah. With the left hand twist, with my wind calls change from having a right. Yes and no. You're gonna find your wind calls are gonna be truer. You're gonna find your wind calls are gonna be better because you're not stacking on. It really depends on which way the wind's coming. But understand, the wind can hurt or help several things. And I think the left-hand gain twist does a better job. Try it, man. I don't think you'll be imp- uh, uh, upset with it. And I don't think it's going to mess with your wind calls the way you think. If anything, I think you'll get better. Um, Shoot it and report. Totally. Shoot it and report, dude. That's the whole point. You bought it. You got it. Spin it up. Let us know what you think about it. I know what I think about it. Let me know what you think because you're following my lead on this. So it makes sense that with you following my lead... um. <laughs> Freaking what's <laughs> so my millennial fun, falcon fundamentals were poor they were very poor i crashed it in here i crashed it so bad like when i saw those kids the next day they said the millennial falcon ride was down for most of the next day so i must have did such a hard landing i drove the landing gear through the bottom of the spaceship and it didn't work anymore wow this is a big one what is this kj KJ, what do you got going on here? I think a lot of people could use the advice. If you don't like someone's opinion, that's fine. But go away if you don't like it and can't hack it. Social media has a habit of giving fuckwits a soapbox to stand on. I remember my first contact with you. Here I am listening to your podcast and I felt like a total idiot when I heard you say don't contact me if the videos don't work uh, that you know are getting it sorted out and I had sent an email to you the night before about it you were were blunt and rightly so I can only imagine you get thousands of emails similar um it didn't make me say fuck Frank it's his site made me double take what I write I get it well he's right but at the end of the day some cunts just want to fuck face snowflakes PS anyone who brings a person's physical attributes into the argument to give you bullshit uh, to give their bullshit weight is a fuckwit and you should remove them. Yeah, no. So what KJ's saying, and he's right, it, it is, you know, you don't like it. Move on. Get, get yourself out of the experience. I am blunt. I'm quick. I give one word, two word answers. I give one line answers to people that email. And and here's a great example. Like, I it, it, there's a welcome email on Sniper's Hide. And it says... At the near the end, not at the very end, but it says, hey, here's the rules. You can't sell without 100 posts. You know, if you're a commercial business, you got to have a, a sponsorship. Don't do this. Don't do that. The rules are found over here. The information's over here. And P.S. Don't respond to this PM because it just fills my inbox up. I have 300 and something messages in my PM. And I get thanks. Glad to be here. Appreciate it. All one word kind of replies. And it's like drives me nuts. And I don't say anything. I just leave. But if somebody's like, like, it's like it says in the message, if you don't have a specific question, please don't respond to this. It just fills my box up. They respond every day with just thank you or glad to be here. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's, I am kind of blunt and I do kind of get that stuff. Um, Marcus Chesty, right? So, uh, a RoboDocs answering Rick, and he's saying, nah, Mark's not Pat, and he's Chesty Puller. 
Uh, dear Fundamental Frank, ha ha ha, I currently have use a modular evolution bipod. You're a fuckwit. Uh, no, man, I'm only kidding. <laughs> I don't think that highly of it. No, he's a scumbag. He's the one that ripped everybody off. Um, you know, it, 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 I, I can't say, I don't want to say anything that, of that bipod is just a, a he, he got sued and lost. And, and he cried when he got sued too, let me tell you. Um, don't get me wrong, it's better than Harris. Yes, it is. Um, you know, but I would switch. If you're going to shoot competitions, dude, I would go to a Skypod. I actually think from me looking at it, depending on where you're at, if you're a modular evolution guy, you're probably out west. You're probably Utah, Idaho, somewhere in that area where, you know, the, the, the people in the Utah backyard were, were getting all their buddies to buy it to help out George, whatever. But um, I almost think the bigger Skypod is looking a little bit more universal and, and looking good. But I, I think if you're going to shoot PRS, a Skypod is great. If you're not necessarily a PRS guy, but you want to upgrade, number one, I would say get the Cal, the Atlas Cal. Uh, number two, depend, you know, if money's no object, I would get the Thunder Beast. And then number three, if you're just by yourself prone guy and you're not going to go out and shoot competition, then you want the uh, Elite Iron. You know, so in order of competition, you want a Sky. Uh, for lighter, smaller, Cal or Thunder Beast, for big and great, Elite Iron. Um, that's kind of how I would look at the, the the bipod hierarchy. Sorry for the other two comments. Hey, Frank, what 6mm would you recommend for PRS if you were a reloader? Sorry about the other comments. Uh, Tihara from South Africa. Hey, South Africa guy. 6GT if you can get the brass. If not, 647 would be my first two choices. Um, if I had to shoot 6mm in PRS, now I personally shoot 6mm Creedmoor. I like 6mm Creedmoor because I can get factory ammo. It's all good. I also have a 6BR. Okay, I'm not as big a fan of the 6BR, although the 6BR is definitely something to look at. It just feeds really poorly. Okay, BRs and dashers don't feed as well despite the hype. So the GT or the 47, I think, is going to feed better for you. Um, with the GT coming out the way it is, to me, the GT is just kind of a 647. I see those two cartridges as pretty close to the same. So GT or 6x47, if you don't want either of those, 6 Creedmoor is my go-to. Hope that helps. Great interview. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, these available. I don't, uh, great uh, package deal. Give the users options. I'm not sure which one that was talking about. Oh, and I was talking to Savage. I think he was uh, talking to Savage. Mark's laughing. Mark's laughing. Um, and what is this one? Had to sign up for the Podbean app just to rep the CT Guineas comment. Oh, okay. <laughs> Mr. Groton here. <laughs> Connecticut Guinea. <laughs> I didn't call you a WAP, right? <laughs> guinea, 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 WAP, 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 WAP. Yeah. So he's making fun. I was making. Fun. I was being self-deprecating on my Italian heritage. So he wanted to comment on that. We ran away to Florida. Keep up the good work. Yep. Everybody goes to Florida. My uncles and they're in Sarasota. I got a bunch of them down there. So yeah, I'm with you, dude. It, it, it's a Connecticut thing. <laughs> all the Italians from Connecticut. <laughs> all righty. Hey, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for being part of the Everyday Sniper. I got Fuzz here looking for his food stuff. He's, like, bugging me. He's he's coming up. We're, we're going to talk about that. But um, 
Hop over to Sniper's Hide. Busy as hell, man. My numbers are, are through the damn roof. Uh, if you got any suggestions, questions, comments, come on over and hit me up. Low light at Sniper's Hide within the Sniper's Hide forum. Uh, going to be working on some stuff for between now and, and moving forward. Uh, Going to have some weather this weekend, so we'll do some more podcasts for you in a couple days. But thank you for being out there and listening. Um, over 800,000 downloads. We're getting close to the million mark. Almost 5,000 registered subscribers. Fantastic, guys. Just thank you for being part of this. I really hope you appreciate it as much as I like doing it. Well, I'm going to be meeting with Mike this week. I'm going to get Mike back on before the holidays. That way you guys can all get in the pod bean and comment about Mike. So if you have a hey, where's Mike comment, I should be there at on Wednesday. You got about two days to get me some Mike comments in if you want me to look at him and throw some stuff at him. I'll throw a little shade at him on the app for you guys before we read it. Thank you guys for being part of the Everyday Sniper and being listeners, downloading all this. Hope it helps. I mean, you, you, the, the feedback is positive. P.S., quick update. Uh, proof the stickers. They're in production. Our patches, rather. I'm going to have uh, the Stormtrooper, white and black. And then I have an OD Everyday Sniper patches coming pretty soon. So if you come to class, classes and stuff or you see me out and about, um, I'll probably have some patches to give away. Not going to sell them and mail them. I'm not around. Too much of a hassle. But just so you guys know, I'm going to have some patches. All righty. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good one. Woohoo, folks!